0: I think both with podcasting and with starting a business, what is unique about that is that a lot of your identity is intertwined into those activities. So it's not a thing you do. I mean, if we're really honest, it's much more of a thing that we are. And your podcast is yourself, right? So the interwoven pieces are a little bit deeper than other hobbies or even other vocational paths. And so I do think it requires a different kind of energy. pulls from deeper parts of us, and we get more entangled in the process.
1: Welcome to Between Two Mics. I'm Zach. And I'm Rock. We're the co-founders of Squadcast.fm. The best way to record remote interviews in
2: studio quality like this one. Here on Between Two Mics, we explore the challenges, opportunities, and new ideas with the people who are pushing the limits of what's possible in podcasting. We'll start with Sherry. Dr. Sherry Walling is the host of the Zen Founder podcast, one of my personal favorites. She is a licensed clinical psychologist with her specialty in supporting high achieving people in high intensity jobs. She is an academic and professional powerhouse with her master's degree in psychology and theology, a formal trained yoga teacher, the author of The Entrepreneur's Guide to Keeping Your Shit Together, and uh, is a mentor in the Tiny Seed Accelerator. Um, Her husband, Rob Walling, is with us as well. And Rob is the host of the Startups for the Rest of Us podcast and Tiny Seed Tales, both. Rob is a serial entrepreneur himself, having founded Drip, and most recently, Tiny Seed. He's been working to help bootstrapped founders since 2015, and founded the MicroConf event for Bootstrap SaaS founders. He's also written multiple best-selling books, including Start Small, Stay Small.
3: Rob and Sherry, welcome to Between Two Mics. Thank you so much.
0: Great to be here.
3: Can, can we throw? Can I throw out two corrections to your intro? I Please, know it was long. Yeah. You don't have to read it. No, it's good. So, so you said Sherry has a master's in theology and psychology. She also has a PhD in psychology. So hey, no.
2: I, I, I do have hey. that, but I thought I was going to repeat myself. I thought I messed up in my notes. So uh, yes,
3: Doctor Sherry Walling. Someone's and a then, smarty pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We call her Doc around here. And Doctor um, <laughs> Mom. And then I've been uh, I've been helping bootstrap founders since 2005. Not 2015. I yeah, have that I'm written that old, down. Two I'm mistakes. Man. Yeah. No sweat. It's great to be on the show. He's Thanks really old.
0: Really old guys. <laughs> Thanks,
3: Thanks doing you for doing something right.
1: right. <laughs> it's and, you're uh, teaching Sherry.
2: <laughs> it's clear. It's pretty clear that you both are you know forming a, a powerhouse couple in both podcasting and in entrepreneurship, which is inspiring. And it's quite beautiful how well those two worlds fit together. And it's uh, something that Rock and I have spoken about at, at length about those parallels. So I'm curious how you both think about the parallels between podcasting and entrepreneurship.
0: Well, they're both creative, right? They're both like you creating something, making something that comes from inside your head. So I feel like they're very, very similar processes to me. There's, there are different tools involved, but it's like the same part of me that wants to have a voice in the world through a podcast is the same part of me that wants to write books. And it's the same part of me that wants to create companies or things that um, are an expansion of kind of what lives in my head.
2: Yeah, that, that's certainly how, uh, how we've, we've thought about it as well as is in Im- with Squadcast, you know, empowering creatives, I think is kind of what, what it boils down to for us. Um, and we get to express our creativity in the, in these different ways. Um, certainly, uh, you know, founding a, a startup is, is I think the most in- creative thing I've encountered so far that, that somebody can do. Um, and with, um, with, with TinySeed and MicroConf, um, you know, you, you, you get to help, people be more creative. So I think, you know, we're, we're similar in that way. Um, so h- how's that process been for you, Rob, with, uh, with, with, with TinySeed and MicroConf, just kind of seeing the whole landscape of, of bootstrap SaaS and, and the parallels with podcasting. I know a lot of SaaS founders have podcasts these days. So h- how do you think about that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I view them, it all comes back to creativity, right. And making something. And, um, I, I, I've been around bootstrap founders since for about well for about fifteen years. We were just talking about and so um, Microconf being a conference and now an online community as well for those folks really f- it kind of fits in. There's a reason that that we started it back in 2011 and it was because there wasn't a group of people talking about how to grow businesses in a way that's that's sustainable. It's ambitious, but it's not the Silicon Valley model, you know. And that and that ties right into Tiny Seed in terms of you know the same thing we're funding the same type of founders obviously um and so for me it feels like home in a way you know it's just it's what i've been doing it's what i started doing on a blog and then in, in, in on a podcast and i was doing that for free you know and just doing it while i was growing startups and i've made 10 times more 20 times more money from actually building and growing startups than i have from any type of book or conference or any of that stuff but it's what i've enjoyed doing for you know, a decade and a half. And and so, yeah, it feels really good to, to be able to just dive deeper into that.
1: I really like what you said, Rob, about it feeling like home, because that's kind of what got Zach on this journey. We didn't, Really have any intention of being bootstrapped, and really didn't even know that was a thing. Um, but it just felt right, and it felt at home. And the community feels like our type of people, the people that we aspire to be like or be around. Much like the podcasters that have been uh, awesome to be around us to uh, around too. I am wondering though, like who who started the podcast first? Who got who into podcasting? What was that like? Like when you were first getting started off, and you know. What was your hope with the podcast then and, and and how has it been different to what it is now or or has it worked out the way you thought?
3: Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I started uh, Startups for the rest of us with Mike Tabor, um, who wound up co-hosting it with me for about four hundred and fifty episodes and then he stepped back to focus on on some stuff. So for the past about fifty episodes I've been on my own. And we started that in twenty ten. So it was really early days. Uh, it doesn't feel that long ago, but in terms of podcasting, that's you know, like a century. And, um, <laughs> it was totally.
1: kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, would say it was,
3: so. I think, I don't know of any other podcasts. Like I would, ha- I would hate to claim we were the first podcast about bootstrapping software, but I don't know of any before that, you know, and, and certainly if there were, they, they stopped shortly after because, you know, there's nobody left doing it today. Um, and then it came a point where. Sherry was uh, working at a clinic. She was a clinical psychologist and we started talking about location independence. Is that, you want to take it from here, Sherry, in terms of like how, you know, how we started Zen Founder? Cause we actually did the first 200 episodes of Zen Founder together as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there were two things that went into the creation of Zen Founder. One is that um, I gave a talk at MicroConf about entrepreneurship and mental health and, I don't know that it was a particularly amazing talk, but people were like, why is nobody talking about this? You know, people really, really responded and it felt like, oh, I'm a clinical psychologist. Rob is an entrepreneur. Like there's, there's some chemistry here. And then we are the people who can probably host a really thoughtful conversation about mental health in the entrepreneurial community. And so the, that talk at microconf kind of perked our interest of like, oh, maybe there's a space here for this voice. And that corresponded with me deciding to leave my job as a university professor where I had been teaching, you know, teaching, teaching, teaching. So I was used to having my ideas out there and having a a voice that was shaping how people were thinking. And that was a really important part of my identity that I I wanted to retain, even though I didn't want to go to more faculty meetings and grade any more papers. So (laughs) I think the confluence of... Hey, there's this need, and then I'm somebody who likes to talk about things that I'm thinking about. Um, Happen together, and it's like, oh, let's do a podcast.
1: Well, I'm sure glad you did because uh, it's. I've certainly had uh, you know come to your show for in times of need, and it's been super beneficial. One of the things that has had a Pretty, pretty profound impact since hearing it was how, um, you know, most of us entrepreneurs, and I, I, I'm going to tie it into podcasting in a bit, uh, our best energy is kind of dedicated and spent To the business and you know the the people that you know whether it be friends or family around us they don't get the best energy from us sometimes and it's certainly something that I continue to struggle with but I think you know you kind of help me see that and see that this is a, a common problem and it's not that I'm just a jerk I just need to figure out how to manage my energy better I definitely think that podcasters probably struggle with this as well. I wonder if it's a little different because maybe their best energy isn't going to the podcast the way that they want. Maybe you know the rest of life is taking uh, away from that. Um, you know, given your 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 clinical uh, PhD background, can you just unpack that a little bit more and how you know uh, you know how people can think about that to to just really you know manage their energy a little bit better?
0: I, I think both with podcasting and with starting a business what is unique about that is that a lot of your identity is intertwined into those activities. So Mm -hmm. it's not a thing you do. I mean, if we're really honest, it's much more of a thing that we are and your, your podcast is yourself, right? So the, the interwoven pieces are a little bit deeper than, you know, other hobbies or even other vocational paths. And so I do think it requires a different kind of energy. Um, it pulls from deeper parts of us and we get more entangled in the process, whether it's a really successful episode that we're really proud of, or whether we ended up saying things in a dumb way and we wish we could take it back from the universe. Like all of that is emotionally amplified in a different way than, um, you know, if we were just like woodworking in our garage.
3: Yeah. I think there, there's a piece of like, making yourself open and vulnerable to criticism is what it is. Because if I'm at work and I'm sending an email to a coworker, they're not going to write back and critique my email. Well, if they do, that's a really weird coworker. But you know, the, you're not open to criticism until you put yourself out there and building a startup is putting yourself out there because people can come and critique your product. They can say your pricing sucks. They can say your copy is terrible, whatever your design, same thing with a podcast. You're putting your thoughts and ideas out there and, and, you know, you can see the five-star or the one-star reviews or the, the folks who email you and disagree with you vehemently or whatever. And that vulnerability, I think some people are really good at, at handling that naturally, but my, I don't think most people are. I know that I'll speak for myself. I have had to build that skill. It is a muscle of, of feeling that fear of shipping something that makes me open to criticism and then waiting for it and, and dealing with it if it comes.
2: It's a, it's, a, it's a tough skill to build. And it's one of the things that I love about podcasting and, and also being a founder is, is you know, uh, the the cyclical nature of getting out of your comfort zone finding that new level of comfort, uh, after some time and, and practice and, and then, and then doing it again, you know, and just and repeating that over and over, whether it's the next episode in the podcast, whether it's the, yeah, the next deployment of, of your product is, uh, is, is, is a skill in and of itself is, is kind of being, uh, okay with those cycles. And, you know, a lot of podcasters, a lot has been said in the podcast, uh ecosystem of the, the value of community in, uh, for, for your show, for your audience. Um, and, and that's one of the things that is inspiring about the work that you're both doing with, with microconf and with tiny seed, um, is, is it's, it's bigger than your own work. It's, it's, it's everybody's work and it's a collective of people helping each other with these intensely creative and vulnerable, um, you know, work that we're bringing into the world. So, how do how do you think about kind of um, you're starting from a, a great place, but how do you then branch into uh, from from your own you know startups for the rest of us and Zen founder and the work that you're doing? How do you then branch into this this community and fostering that?
3: It, it's interesting because one of the reasons that I started blogging and I mean, blogging is so passe right now, right? It's like, how many people do that anymore? People now write essays or articles, but, but it was a thing, you know, it was, it was really popular. It was the podcasting of 15 years ago. It was like the cutting, you know, the cutting edge stuff. And I started blogging because I was, I had tried to build a couple software products for about four or five years in the early two thousands. And they, they, I just wasn't, I wasn't going to raise money. I didn't want to go because it was venture capital or nothing. And I didn't want to raise venture, but I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to own a business and I was a software developer and it's like, this should work. I could not find a single other person on the internet who was talking or thinking about this. So I started blogging more about being a developer in 2005. And then over the next about 18 months, I started realizing I really want to talk about this entrepreneurship stuff. And I want to, I don't know if it's even possible. Is it even possible to build what's now a lifestyle business? Because It just, there wasn't a thing, you know? Um, And before not long, I mean, I think it started out as like, well, I kind of want to find other people like me to see if this works. But before long, I realized I was one of the... Just with even with my meager experience, because as the years went on, it was like, well, all right, so now I have a product that does 3,000 a month. Well, now I have a product, uh, three products that do a total of about 10,000 a month. And I was living, working the four hour work week. It was like 10 hours a week. So I had really built this incredible kind of lifestyle where I pinched myself, like, wow, that's crazy. And I found out that there were a bunch of other developers that wanted to do that too, and they started gravitating towards it. So it was, I would almost call it a little bit, a little bit accidental community, but then quickly turn that into, you know, again, the podcast and then and then this event of like, let's get us together in a room because wouldn't that be weird if we could all meet in person, you know, and that it, it kind of all started there. And that was 2010, 2011, um, in terms of getting people together. And I will be honest, I did not realize at that time, the power of interpersonal relationships and of allowing people to connect with one another, because that's the real power of microconf you know and and tiny seed there's other stuff around it but it's it's getting like-minded people together who can share their journey that i think has been potentially will be my legacy like if i were to think about what if i you know what if i were near the end of my life like what would i look back on and uh, you know my family and my kids and and this legacy of bringing people together i think is a going to wind up being a big part of that
0: which is so funny since you don't really like people. I know Well no I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. I I'm like just certain kidding. People.
1: <laughs> Hey, I get it. I have my moments where it's like I can be the most extroverted person in the world I feel like and then I'm the exact opposite on the other hand. So, so I I suspect there's something like that going on with you, Rob. Um but one of the uh other things that is uh we found as we we kind of came into podcasting as outsiders, we were fans, we were listeners, but had never really been behind the mic um until after starting Squadcast, but one of the things we found um as we started to engage with the community is that you know, although podcasting is a very collaborative, um, uh, pursuit or endeavor, it, it can also be very lonely. And that's what podcasters had told us is that it can be a lonely game. And I feel like starting a, a startup or being a founder, or, or certainly maybe even a bootstrap founder has a lot of those, those similarities. And, and, and that's why I think, you know, again, Sherry, what, what you're doing is it's, it's really neat to see someone like really focused on addressing that stuff. I mean, what, what is the type of, uh, Common issues that that you run into sherry and 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 you know what are some good ways that our audience can think about how to manage that, especially given the times now I mean you know uh, folks need community more now than ever um, and and podcasting might have been uniquely positioned to address that because they're used to being uh, having to you know put themselves out there
0: yeah, there's that moment right where you sit down in front of the mic and you take a breath and you're like. <gasps> something is going to come out of my mouth and I'm just not quite sure what it's going to be and if it's going to be okay. And in that moment, all kinds of psychological stuff is happening, right? Any inferiority or imposter syndrome that you have going on is going to kick you right there. And any sense of your own social ability or your intelligence or what you have to offer the world, it's all going to get sort of triggered and you're going to have to essentially like stuff it down and speak anyway. And I think there's a lot of that in entrepreneurship, too. There are 10,000 reasons to be quiet, right? There are lots of reasons to not take the risk, not put yourself out there, not believe in your own ideas or your own abilities. All of that stuff floats around in your mind, and in that microsecond, you have to decide to shove it down and act anyway, or try anyway, or go anyway. And I think that's what I so love about this community is it's all people who every single one of us has all of that swirl of stuff going on in our head about why we shouldn't be doing it or why we aren't good enough to do it. But yet we manage to, for better or for worse, try it anyway. And Ah, I think that's the magic of it. Right. And that's where the, the podcast thing and the entrepreneurship thing so line up for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what attracted me to this uh, startups for the rest of us. I mean, first of all, it's a great title. I mean, how many titles totally. like actually speak to somebody just based on the title? And it did. And I, and, um, and just seeing that, you know, reading, uh, start small, stay small, uh, it was like, Holy crap. Like this guy is, is speaking to us. Like, when did you know that you were, were onto something with that community, Rob? Um, cause mm-hmm. again, we didn't necessarily know about it, but when we did, it was like, Holy crap. Like we're a part of something.
3: Yeah, that's if I can
2: interject for a second. He literally said that to me. That's not an exaggeration. Like...
3: Huh, that's cool. Exact quote. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I I hear that. Like I hear that relatively frequently of someone feeling like there was this desire to do something interesting, but not go the, you know, the traditional, you know, venture funded route, unicorn route. And but they didn't realize it was possible and they didn't know there were a bunch of people already talking about it. So that is that that's Cool to hear again. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was in, I mean, you know, it's a gradient, right? It's like first there were people re- talking about doing it really small, just like, hey, let's just build small lifestyle businesses. Uh, and it started being around 2009, 2010, when I was like, this is clicking. And then when we had the first microconf in, in 2011, it was just ragtag. I mean, we threw the entire event it was 105 people. We had tough, tough time selling tickets. The entire budget for the entire event, including food was less than $20,000. I mean, it was as cheap as you can be. It was at a really not a great hotel in Vegas. And, um, but but we all got together and it was like, whoa, this is it. Like, there are people. There's only 100 in this room, but I think there are more. And then 2012 was really another turning point where suddenly, it, you know, it, it grew by 50%. We sold it out in two weeks. And, you know, that became the thing of like, oh, there's like a movement here. So the in-person part of it was actually like counterintuitive because I, again, in person, I'm an introvert, right? So that is one reason I like to podcast and blog and write books is because then I don't have to actually meet people face to face. Mm. Um, But at at the same time at the microcoms, I get, they are the highlight of my year, seeing the people, even though they also drain the most energy, (laughs) the the most hiring
0: hangover. Oh man, (laughs) 72 hours. Rob is absolutely incapacitated for like a week after microcom. Yeah.
3: But it's yeah, it's worth it. There's such a value to that to that community, the community and support. And that's if I were like a full time podcaster, or it was a big part of of what I was doing, I would absolutely seek out not only a broader community, you know, of, of folks, but like, for me, I don't know that masterminds have penetrated the podcast space as much as they have like startups. Like we were, I've really pushed them for years because they've had such an impact and masterminds are, you know, for those who are listening and may not know there, you meet once, twice a month, typically sometimes weekly, but, um, and you meet with just like two other, maybe three other people who have the exact same, are doing the same thing you are. And, and there are so few other people that will understand you like those two other people in that, in that, uh, mastermind, because as much as you want your partner or your spouse or your, your uncle or your friend to understand if they're not actually podcasting and putting themselves out there, they just, they just can't quite get their head around it.
2: It's some, one of the things that we've noticed, um, to echo what, what you just shared is, is, uh, you know, the loneliness factor that rock mentioned, but also that, that I think most people that we've encountered anyway, anecdotally, uh, do seem to be introverts who, who are podcasting, um, and then and then yeah you go to podfest or podcast movement and everybody's uh you know putting their best foot forward with being an extrovert for a few days but um but there are lots of side conversations it's a different vibe of event because i think that that's such a pervasive um kind of characteristic amongst podcasters and 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 then to to contrast that like like you rob I'm I'm a software engineer I'm a developer so going going to like developer events feels kind of similar because they're they tend to be extroverts and uh you know going to an event and seeing people rather like you know off to the side working on their computer rather than talking to other other humans is is throws a lot of people for a loop right who who haven't really seen um, you know, a, a, an event, a gathering of people who are mostly introverts, uh, but but it's such a big part of of what um, kind of is a counterbalance to to the loneliness factor.
0: Yeah, there's a level of thoughtfulness that goes along with being comfortable in your own head. And I think if you are someone who's podcasting, so much of that material or content is coming from from your own head, and you have to, you know, feel at ease there which is obviously the sort of trademark characteristic of an, of an introvert.
2: I'm so grateful to, to have rock and the team, uh, you know, in, in this game together is uh, one of the things that, that i found helps with, with my loneliness as well as on the podcast, having a co-host, not having, you know, to, to have all of that rest on, on my shoulders is, is something that, that I've noted. and, um, you know, we've seen, of course, the the benefits of community within within podcasting, and um, and then also because we we became aware of the parallels with within um, like we've talked about with podcasting and entrepreneurship, and and that's really what I think led us to uh, to considering. The uh, the participation in in the Tiny Seed program that that you and Anar and and Sherry and the whole community that you've built uh, can you kind of unpack that how how you think about Tiny Seed and how that fits into the whole kind of uh, movement and ecosystem that you've been designing.
3: Yeah. So for, you know, for folks who don't know, Tiny Seed is a, it's an accelerator and it's designed for bootstrapped SaaS. So software as a service, which Squadcast is. And um, there are a lot of accelerators, like you may have heard of Y Combinator, 500 Startups, Techstars. And they tend, they they write a a check for a certain portion of the company and then they try to get you, they have a 90-day you know, term and they try to get you to raising your first round of funding in essence, or I guess it's technically the second round at that point. And we looked at that and there's a reason that (laughs) the term startups for the rest of us was actually coined, uh, by Mike Tabor in 2008 or nine when he was, he, he had heard about Y Combinator, but he couldn't, he was in Boston with a wife and two kids. And he's like, I can't, I can't relocate and do all this stuff and work these. I can't live on. It was a six thousand dollars stipend for three months or something. You know, it was very obviously geared at like people just out of college, basically. Mm-hmm. And he was like mad about it. And he's like, "What about the rest of us? Like, what? How can the rest of us build startups?" Right. So he registered the domain later, we used it for the podcast. That's how I think of Tiny Seed. It's like it's startup funding for the rest of us. It's the startup accelerator for the rest of us. There are only. Mm-hmm you know, handfuls of companies that really should, um, I say handfuls, there's a small number, a small percentage of companies that should take venture funding, because it's just this different track where you just have to get huge and become a unicorn and billion dollar, blah, blah, blah. There are I don't know. Ninety nine times more, you know. It, maybe it's one or two percent of companies should take venture, and ninety eight percent shouldn't. And like, what about the rest of those? Do they all have to bootstrap? Because bootstrapping, self funding is is hard. You know, it's it's a, it's a tough journey, and both because of finances, but also because of of what you guys are talking about, which is because there's not really a great community around it, or there hasn't been. And so, yeah, the really, I really do view it as like startups for the rest of us, and start small, stay small. Uh, which is a podcast and my book, like they kind of bring people together. It's really low. Um, what do you call it? It's it's low commitment, you know. And it's not very. The podcast is free, and the book is ten bucks, you know, on Kindle. But then, like the next level, if folks find that it really resonates and they want to get serious about it, is Microconf, and we have an online community, and we have you know in person, and there's ways to engage, uh, you know, both for free and 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 not. Um, but then it kept like the question kept coming up, like yes. I'm able to help start founders through this, um, but how can? What is the next step? And that was you know Tiny Seed's two years old, and that was really like, well, now we can build a, a small batch of companies and we can write them a check for to help them you know grow their startup and uh, and reinvest in in what they need to do to grow faster, as well as provide that community. So you know our batches of companies are ten. Our first one was ten, and the second is uh, thirteen, and. Um, that's, that's really, that's how I see it fitting in. It really is this progression and hey, some people, they don't want to even any type of funding, you know, even from a tiny seed still feels weird and that's totally cool, right? Bootstrappers, like has, that's my, that's my heart. I bootstrapped every company I've started, but, um, that it's for folks who do want to take that next, you know, that next step and, and think that it's helpful to have the mentorship and the network and then the, the community of the batch, you know, which is pretty, pretty incredible.
0: All the aspects of the community, like. All communities, I think, are pulled together by these really common set of values. People who want to do, you know, who want to run excellent businesses and want, want to grow, but want to grow at a level that is not going to kill them or overwhelm their families or undo their lives. And they're, you know, people who really value learning and want to be around other people who value learning and want to be around other resources that can help them get better at what they do so it's really like a learning community of people who want to do great business but still have a life and they're just fantastic people to spend time with
1: yeah it's interesting it's like because when we started we thought it's it's venture or nothing right and but it just never felt right to us in our gut. Like me and Zach would just struggle with that. Like why? Like we haven't even built anything yet and we're supposed to go raise. And that sounds like that's its own job and going to take up so much time away from the stuff that we really want to do, which is building cool stuff and helping people, you know, solve problems and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's why, um, you know, so much of, of the, the, the you know, what you talk about on the show or, you know, uh in the book. It just really spoke to us because, you know, we don't think that we should have to you know, we still feel like we can grow and move quickly and not take a bunch of money and raise money at all costs. Like we figured there had to be a way. And so that's why, you know, when we found out about Tiny Seed, it's like, well, we're not against venture capital or raising money. It's just, it needs to be with the right partner. And we just couldn't think of a better partner than Tiny Seed. I mean, you know, uh, you rob our our podcasting and you've been doing it for a while. It's not like a recent endeavor. Your wife does it. You got a podcasting family. Like, so for us, it was like, okay, that, you know, he clearly gets, they clearly see the value in podcasting. And I think one of the recent episodes where Sherry interviewed you on startups for the rest of us, uh, that's what really sold me on it was that not only have what you've done in podcasting, but you still seem to be really excited and want to double, triple down on podcasting. Uh, Is that right? Like you're, you're even, you know, you have two podcasts now and you're thinking I could probably do more or, or you get that much enjoyment out of it. You could see
3: yourself doing more. Absolutely. I actually, te- I technically have a third called microconf on air. <laughs> there we and, go. And are you going to share, you want to tell them about uh, our, our kids our- have a podcast. <laughs> I was going to yeah. ask. <laughs> do.
0: It is awesome. It's not necessarily for public consumption, but it is amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. They'll sit with their with their iPads and like do their voices and pass it back and forth. And it, uh, it's really, really funny. And then they're learning to edit. So I, I don't know that it will do We'll do a public release with it, but, um, they, they don't know what it's like to have parents who don't have a podcast, right? If your mom doesn't have a podcast, like that's weird to them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm all in on this whole thing. I've been doing it for a decade, man. I'm coming up on the 500th episode. You know, we've shipped every week. So this is, uh, it's something I can't imagine not doing. Someone asked like, are you going to do this? And how, what point are you too old to do this? And it's like, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Cause I just can't imagine sh- not shipping a show every week or two. Or sometimes three, <laughs> depending on the week. Going so. to need a
2: network pretty soon. Uh, yeah, uh, I know a lot, oh a lot of work, and uh, you know, I, I think to to Rock's point, um, it's it's been you know a really great organic journey for us, and and really grateful for the community and the work that you're both doing, and we're really excited to announce that we're part of the Tiny Seed Batch Two that that just began, and uh, that was kind of you know the reason we wanted to have this interview, but also. You know, the, the work that you're doing, I think, is, is much more important. So here we are kind of at the tail end of our conversation making this this big announcement. But it this has been uh, this has been ongoing. It's been a journey. And uh, we're, we're really excited uh, to 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 be part of this community and grateful for the work that you're doing. Uh, grateful for the work the other founders are doing because we all we all lift each other up and um it's been been off to a great start from from our experience and we look forward to you know being equal uh or contributing as as much as possible to uh to the growth of ourselves and the the whole community and uh we're we're really tremendously grateful to to make that announcement that that we're you know proud proud to be part of the tiny seed batch too
3: we're very Woo-hoo! proud to have you. Yeah. This is where the cool sound effect goes in. A bunch of claps and stuff. Yeah. If only yeah. they could
0: see
1: all the confetti we're shooting out. <laughs> right,
0: That's right. right. The, the dance we're doing. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, thanks for all the kind words. And it's, it's an amazing pleasure to be working with you guys. No no joke. Like, we, you know, this batch two is off to a great start. And we are, yeah. I, anything I say Thank will you. sound like I'm making it up or I'm being fake. But it just, it really is. I just wake up every day. And like, I'm, I'm thankful that <laughs> this is what I do get to do for a living, you know? It's probably, probably something, same. it's probably something I've always, I mean, it is, it's something I always dreamed of. Um, yeah, you know, we've had learnings from batch one to batch two for sure. And we are making tweaks to the program. No major like overhauls. I mean, it's still, it's a 12 month program to your point, you know, which I don't know of any accelerator that's more than three months. There may be, there may be some out there. I've just never heard of them. So it's 12 month program a, because we want to be in your corner for the long term, but also SAS just takes a long time to grow. Um, and then we are fully remote. Uh, we have three retreats during the year where we meet up in person, but um, that remote aspect allows it to be for the rest of us. That's that piece of it because a lot of the accelerators, you know, if you're in the Bay Area, that's great. There's a bunch of them, but it, we we did a, a survey. Of, we got about 1,600 kind of in, you know self-funded and independent-funded SaaS companies, non-venture track, and they're spread through like. I forget what the number was. It was like 200 or 300 cities around the world. There is no epicenter because that's the beauty of it is you don't need to be anywhere to do this. You know, we can be remote with tools like, like Squadcast, you know, um, and, and Slack and all the other stuff that adds to it. So, um, yeah, there've been learnings and we're, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving it. So yeah, I, it's, it's good to be working with you.
1: Yeah and I think you know just to let our audience and customers know that's that's who we have always had in mind as you know maximizing the value for and that's you know totally the focus of Tiny Seed is to build a great business and do that through tr- tr- uh, delivering tremendous value to customers and always putting the customer first where I think some of these other options we wouldn't have been doing what we felt was right in our gut where the goal is to just raise more money or to I mean that's frankly was it and it was just like okay are we really comfortable lying the next three months about really what we want to do you know like we we want connections and we want conversations with these folks but like we really you know want to build something really cool and really change the game so um you know i think now we have more resources and more knowledge to do that much quicker i mean we had a conversation with you and einar rob on monday and zach and i debriefed on it and it was like you know, okay, that changes the game, changes plans a little bit for us, but like how much headaches and bumps and stumbles did we just skip over by getting some of that insight early on? And I think that's just going to happen. We're, I think we're going to level up tremendously in the next year and really professionalize ourselves as individuals, but it's going to get carried on to the, the, the business, the product, and ultimately to the customers. So that's what we're really excited about is this just is a, a win-win for everybody.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, there's a couple quotes that I often throw out, and it's to differentiate between the type of company you're building and the type of company that goes and and does try to raise buckets of venture and and get to the IPO or the huge, massive exit and the billion-dollar outcome. And one quote is, "You, you guys are building a business instead of a slide deck. Right. Exactly. A lot of stuff, you know, I've run into a lot of folks and it's like, hey, look at my deck, look at my deck. And I'm like, I kind of don't care about your deck. What I care is have you what have you built? What have you shipped? Are people using it? Are people paying you for it? You know, those are the real questions. Um, the, the other thing I, I throw out is uh, we we I like to work with and I've always built businesses that are building real products for real customers who pay them real money. And mm-hmm. and there's a value exchange there, right? It's like you don't use Squadcast for free, you do pay something for it, but you also get enormous value for it versus I'm going to start a, you know, a free something or other like like a Facebook or a, you know, a, a social network where it's free and and now your users are the they're they are the product, right? Because now you're selling ads to the them, currency, and I'm look. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, the currency exactly. And I'm not look. I'm not anti ad. I'm not trying to be. You know. Uh, saying that's a bad thing, but those businesses are just so much more likely to fail and they don't necessarily, I'm not convinced that Twitter or Facebook have my best interest in mind <laughs> when I use them because I'm not paying them. The advertisers are, right? So they have to cater to them versus Squadcast, Like who are your most, most important people? You know, it's going to be your team. It's going to be your customers. It's going to be, you know, there's vendors and, and investors if you have them, but, um, that's, it's just a different way of, of, of running a business.
0: I love to tease Rob about being old because as people in our mid forties, we're a little bit older than some of the, the startup crew, just wise, just yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But there is, I think really tremendous value in having a team of mentors within tiny seed who have been around a while. Like Rob has seen lots and lots of businesses. He started lots. He's been part of, you know, lots as investors. And I think, um, every one of the tiny seed mentors has this really like depth of experience where you can sit down with them and have a long conversation and it will save you like years of headache if you really integrate that wisdom. And I I love that um, learning community where you have people who are eager to learn and improve alongside people who have just seen a lot and done a lot and are eager to teach and share and just like toss around the idea with you.
2: We're incredibly excited about the announcement. So that'll be coming to fruition in, in lots of different ways. Uh, so if you're interested in talking to us about, uh, you know, our podcast experience, the podcast community, our entrepreneurial experience, the entrepreneurial community, um, we're always uh, transparent and open about those things. But where can our listeners uh, connect with you both?
0: Well, I live on the Internet at sherrywalling.com and then at zen founder so zen founder is my twitter handle and the name of my podcast
3: yeah, and for me if you listen to podcasts which i'm i guess if you're listening to this you must startups for the rest of us is in all the all the podcast feeds and i'm at rob walling on twitter
2: well thank you both for joining us on this episode of between two mics
0: thanks so much guys
3: thank you for having us
1: This has been another episode of Between Two Mics with Zach and Rock from Squadcap. The best way to record remote podcast interviews like today's in studio quality. Visit bit.ly slash squadpod to check out our resources page where you can download your free remote interview checklist.